everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 28, Desktop Video Editing, for January 6th, 2011. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about the current state of desktop video editing Tightwad style. And I, I throw Tightwad style in there because we're going to be looking at free or very inexpensive solutions because... Um, there are uh, video editing is is a big business, and there are uh, lots of uh, high quality applications out there that you can pay a whole lot of money for. And we're hoping that uh, there will be uh, a lot of high quality uh, applications that we can bring attention to that you don't have to pay a whole lot of money for. So, uh, welcome to 2011, our first uh, uh, podcast of the new year, and uh, and uh, here we are. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Nice to be back in the chair. It feels a little weird, though, after a couple weeks. It was a, a good weeks. long break, and before the show, when we were setting things up, it was, it was almost like we were having to re-remember, how do you do a podcast again? What right, you, and what, what was I my this, setup? What is this thing? There's something about a microphone, I remember, but uh, uh, anyway, it was... Uh, it was pretty interesting to to have some time off. Uh, we did, uh, as we'd mentioned, we 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 haven't missed an episode, uh, but we did a, a lot of pre-recording to uh, get everything ready uh, so that we could have the full two weeks off. And uh, it was really nice. I enjoyed some time with my family. Had a uh, an extended house guest staying with us, which was very nice. And uh, but it's good to be back in the full swing of things. Yeah, that's uh, that's what really seems weird. Is we were really hitting it hard leading up to the Christmas break, and then it was like. Like two weeks of nothing and now here we are again so it's been quite a roller coaster ride i'm certainly feeling it because i just feel uh completely i don't know well you have webs. you have reason to be a bit out of it uh, yes you've had some recent medical issues I, I was fully expecting to do this show uh myself in fact uh we were supposed to be doing it uh we we're recording this on wednesday before it goes out on thursday we were supposed to be doing it uh first monday and then tuesday and neither of those happened for uh various <laughs> reasons and, and i really thought that today i was going to be sitting here all by myself because uh uh sean had a little owie yeah yeah very minor back surgery uh but it did fall into that category it's still surgery <laughs> yeah and uh uh so yeah i have a big open gaping wound on on my back <laughs> right now uh, that's not, attractive yeah not to be too too graphic the last but, time we were together i was speaking about my mucus and now you're talking about your gaping wounds which, yeah uh, this is quite the sensible uh delicate show isn't it right and, and the only reason we uh we mentioned that is uh if for some reason i lean back too hard in my chair or something and jump jump up out of my chair you'll uh, you'll know why listeners viewers so uh yeah uh, so uh I'll, I'll be on the mend i'm feeling fine but yeah the the pain medication and stuff has got me feeling a little weird too right, i guess yeah. so all right he rolled into work this day today at uh about oh, what was it, about 230 245 was it? <laughs> it wasn't yeah. that bad <laughs> after he but, got out of bed but, but i do have to admit that if not for mark's phone call that might very well have been the case was, hey do you still work here i was just wondering because <laughs> you've been gone so long i just wasn't sure <laughs> so uh so anyway i want to move on to your next topic there because that one caught my eye and i i, I really hadn't kept my ear to the ground so i'm not sure where you're going with this uh delicious uh after our last episode uh we talked about how delicious was dead and we sort of mourned its loss uh and and talked about some solutions to it um <clears throat> Most of the internet, uh, well, I don't know, most of the geeks on the internet were, were, uh, doing the same around that sort of time. And Yahoo came back and said, no, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. We didn't say that Yahoo was going away. 
We, I mean, that delicious was going away. We said it might be one of the offerings that we would be adjusting. So, uh, they've kind of backpedaled for it right now. And so, uh, the, uh, rumors of the death of delicious are, uh, for the moment, greatly exaggerated. Uh, so we'll just, uh, see, um, See what happens there, but so, it, uh, so what exactly? I mean, is that it? They just said no, it's not going away. They haven't right, really well, come out and said right. See the 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 initial report that Delicious was going away came out of uh, a, a briefing as a part of uh, uh, some sort of business meeting. It was just one of the items on the docket, and right. uh, apparently it was uh, blown out of proportion a little bit. I, I I frankly I don't understand that. I don't I don't think the internet has ever blown anything out of proportion. It doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's what they say. Uh, was that they they had not ever announced any intention to kill delicious it was just one of many things that they were looking at okay um, and so now they've come back and said no we we haven't said we're going to kill it but we haven't said we're not going to kill it either so okay so yeah so it's still just up in the air is really I still think is. Digo is the big winner in all of this because any time you raise the specter of uncertainty people start to move away from a, a thing in in mass yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's what I did. I was using Delicious, and now I'm like, uh, you know, if there's even a chance, I'll just get away from it and get on to something else. So I'm still up in the air because, you know, Xmarks kind of has that hanging over it, even though LastPass right. just uh, uh, purchased them. So uh, I love Xmarks, and I'd love to be able to, to hang on to that. So uh, if I can get back to Xmarks, maybe I'm trying out the whole Google bookmarks thing and not really liking it so much so far. Uh, it's still pretty young. I, I think the win there would be if D, if a delicious uh, Yahoo decides to let delicious go, Google should snap it up. Yeah, that would that would be outstanding. That would be great because Google's just got money running out of every pore. So that's, that's not a big deal. <laughs> right. Okay, enough about that. I just wanted to mention, uh, this is just sort of a, uh, a hardware, uh, tech tip, and it's happened a long time ago. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> it just occurred to me as we were doing these show notes. For those of you watching the video feed, uh, all two of you, yeah. um, uh, this is my cordless, uh, Bluetooth mouse, very common device that you'll see. And, uh, when I first got this thing, it was making random, right clicks just at any point in time it would just i'd be typing along and a context menu would pop up as a random right click and i was thinking this is crummy i'm not going to be able to use my mouse and then i figured out that my phone here was sitting right next to my mouse i keep it this is my primary uh podcast listening device and so it was sitting beside my mouse and I realized that that interference, that Bluetooth interference, was probably when I had my Bluetooth headset on or something like that. And so that's uh, that's what was was going on. And so my first solution was move my phone farther away from my mouse, and that worked pretty well. But it wasn't, you know, I didn't like it. I, there was a reason my phone was there. That's where I wanted it. And that's and so I thought, let me try repairing the device. And see if it okay. gets a different, because knowing a little bit about Bluetooth, the way it works is it, it sort of generates some pseudo randomness on the fly. So I repaired the device and I haven't had that problem anymore. So just a little free tidbit there. If you're having, uh, problems with a, a wireless device, a, a mouse or a keyboard or your Wiimote or, or anything like that, try repairing it and that may, uh, clear up the uh, interference. <clears throat> Very nice. So there you go. That's all there is to that. Yeah. Okay. And just something out of the grab bag. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. <laughs> As we were talking about uh, podcasts, I was listening to uh, this week's episode, the uh, the first week in January episode of, of Twit, This Week in t- uh, 
tech uh leo laporte's show uh if you're listening to this podcast you're probably a leo laporte listener as well because uh uh he's sort of the the grand master of of podcasting at this point um right yahoo did uh, no no eight uh What's the name of that company? The the one that you don't like? Apple. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Apple did a uh, uh, top one hundred podcast of of two thousand ten, and I think like five of his shows were on it. Uh, so uh, this uh, uh, makes you know, sense. Well, and he 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 loves their products too. Right. So He's I, a big I, Apple fanboy. Ironically, yeah. Windows Weekly was up there, uh, and so you know, oh, okay. so the, I'm sure Apple didn't like uh, the uh, the he, Windows reference, but oh well. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, on the show he had uh, Jerry Pornell, a, uh, uh, a famous uh, science fiction author and also a computer tech columnist. And uh, during the the, sh- the show, he sort of made a, a throwaway quote that I really liked and, and put it in there. Uh, he, referring to the Macintosh, uh, the Apple OS, he said, everything is either very simple or it's utterly impossible. <laughs> and that sort of hit at the heart of, of what our gripe about Apple has been all along, is the things it can do, it can do really well. It's very simple. Right. The things it can't do, it can't do. Stop fighting it. It's not going to happen. So yeah. uh, in the words of Jerry Pornell reg- uh, regarding the Mac, everything is either very simple or it's utterly impossible. And uh, we thought that encapsulated, encapsulated the OS quite nicely. Yeah, at least in our opinion, uh, very, very nice. And that gets at, it's funny because you said that I don't like Apple, which is probably a better statement than to say that I don't like Macs or, or iPhones or things like, things like that. It's the company you have a problem with, right? Yeah, the, yeah, just some of that and, and, and just getting at that, you know, that, uh, if, uh, Apple decides that, you know, they don't think you should need Flash in your life, then you just don't get Flash. It's just that simple. You know, so some things like that. And, you know, you, you can make arguments as on any given point as to whether it's a, a good move or not. But uh, I just don't like the fact that sometimes it's just handed down to you like, like that. Uh, so makes sense. Okay, so All right. enough, enough Apple bashing. We checked that off the list. Yes, Show intro. Got it, got it in uh, there. Talked about Christmas break. Bashed Apple. All right. Uh, so uh, the, <laughs> the topic of this uh, this week's show is, uh, is desktop video editing. We're... Um, Several years ago, five or six years ago now, when I first got into uh, video editing uh, uh, in general in in the school setup, uh, you know, we were looking for um, free tools out there. Being, you know, I've always been a tightwad, but long before I had this show, looking for free tools for video editing, and found that there just weren't a lot. Um, there was uh, uh, iMovie on the Mac, which has been around for a while, and um, you know, free is sort of a relative term there. Uh, it's uh, you know, it, it comes with the OS, but it's certainly not free uh, because you have to pay a premium to have that OS. Um, right. And and I understand it's a really good tool. I I have never used it personally, so we can't talk a lot about it from any uh, standpoint of of expertise. But I, I know there's a lot of good stuff going on out there. And then uh, with the release of uh, Service Pack 2, uh, XP Service Pack 2, Microsoft came up with Windows Movie Maker, uh, which is a very uh, yeoman's sort of uh, quality uh, video editor. It does it does a few things, and it does it really well. And for what you would want to do in your living room... Um, editing together video of your uh, graduation or of your son's t-ball season championships you know it's it's good for that right. you can you can do quite a few things but in terms of hardcore video editing um the 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 choices were just pretty uh slim out there there was a, there was something called zwiestein uh that uh that i never really 
could figure out. I downloaded it and, and just couldn't get my head around it. There was a virtual dub, as I recall. Uh, again, uh, just couldn't quite make that happen. And I just kind of forgot about it. Well, in doing the uh, preparations for the show, I went out and started doing some more research. And while that is a field that has really proliferated uh, in recent years, is the uh, uh, the the free or low cost video editing utility. And um, so we're just going to run down a list of the the ones that uh, that we have found uh, that that seem to be the most promising. Uh, we I haven't dug into all of these per- personally. It's just not enough time uh, to do any one of these. Could take a lot of time to really get into each uh, to any one of them, and then to to get into all of them would just uh, this show would have been two years from now instead of today. So. Right. Yeah, I think this is just a this is a good place a point to start from if you're looking for something like this and maybe uh, uh like you said hopefully we can kind of shed the light on the fact that 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 area has grown quite a bit and that there's uh, there's more out there than just uh iMovie and Windows Ma- Movie Maker. Right. Yeah. Okay, so um just running down the list, iMac, we've already, or excuse me, iMovie, we've already mentioned part of the iLife suite, uh, for Mac. And, uh, that is, um, by, by every indication, um, a high quality tool, but not one that I have, uh, much experience with. So we'll just throw that out there. If you're a Mac user, you probably already know about it. Uh, if you're not, uh, you can't use it anyway. <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. Right, right. Um, Windows Movie Maker, I mentioned, uh, uh, has some, uh, pretty neat features. Uh, uh, the, the newer version that came out with Windows 7, I believe, has, uh, DVD editing features so that you can not only create your movie, but go straight to DVD, which is, uh, quite, kind of nice. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it has some, uh, you can buy, uh, download a plugin that'll even do the chroma key thing where the, you know, you take the background out, you know, the green screen, like a weatherman does. Uh, so, uh, that's a pretty neat tool, but again, Windows only, uh, uh, Windows XP Service Pack 2 and above only. So those are, are fairly, uh, limited tools for those two platforms, but they're okay. You know, they're, they're pretty good, uh, if you just want to do, um, some, some basic editing. And that's what most of us are going to do. I mean, we're not talking about being a Scorsese here. We're just talking about, uh, what you might do in a classroom or at home. Right, and that's what we see. I think uh, most of the time, I, I I'm kind of curious about the chroma key uh, because I know in the high school a lot of our, our students do some chroma key work, and I'm kind of curious how well that's the problem. They do it in Premiere, which is a very expensive uh, suite of tools, and I'm wondering if they can really accomplish the same thing in uh, Movie Maker. They do some of it here. That's how I found out about it. It's actually from our teacher here. Oh, okay. Uh, in, in Movie Maker? She introduced me okay. to that plug-in that does that. Nice. So, so the next one I want to mention is uh, Cinelera, uh, which uh, used to be called FilmGimp. So it started with the uh, the GIMP uh, GTK, the everybody's favorite uh, uh, Linux-based uh, uh, photo editor, uh, and then sort of forked off from there, and, and, and it's become its own thing. And, and it, Cinelera is designed to be a full, full-on, fully functional video editing bay. It's not for the casual user. It's not for uh, grandma putting together pictures of her grandkids it's it may or may not be appropriate for classroom use it's certainly not a one-off you're not going to put a kid down at it he's going to look around and say all right i got this and five minutes later create his first product like he might do with windows movie maker or or i or iMovie. uh Cinelera requires some some real 
um, experience and digging into. It's sort of like Blender in that effect. It's incredibly powerful, but it's not intuitive. Um, now, is this the one that uh, you were talking about uh, as far as being uh, pretty much kind of a station that you're not going to really right. do anything else with this? Right. It, that's what it like. That's what it wants to be. Uh, it, it can exist on your everyday desktop, Linux desktop, but it wants to be its own editing bay. It wants to take over your machine. In fact, there are uh, some live CD distributions you can uh, download that do just that. You pop them in, they take over your machine, you do what you need to do, and then you can pop them back out. Right. Um, uh, documentation is spotty, but it's there. Uh, there's a lot of reading, a lot of forum reading, a lot of wiki reading, uh, but it's, it's, you know, I'm just gonna, just gonna come out and say it. Linux geeks, uh, neckbeards, bandana guys, you suck at documentation. Just as, <laughs> as a general rule, you just really aren't any good at it. And, and, and it's interesting when a, a noob comes into a forum, the first thing he'll get is an RTFM. Read the, fine manual um, yeah 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 so they'll tell you tell them read the fine manual and he'll say look i've read the manual it's not even in english all right i need somebody right. to speak english to me and not speak geek to me um and so that you know that's the difference between an open source project and and a proprietary project microsoft pays people to write uh, documentation and let's face it that's the only way good documentation gets written is if somebody is paid to do it because it stinks yeah, and then they'll nobody they'll, enjoys it. They'll even follow that up with you know some market testing and have right. people you know end users actually read it and you know what's wrong with this manual you know kind of thing. Nobody likes to write documentation. Nobody likes to write manuals. They only do it if they're paid to, uh, for the right. most part. You know there are a few people out there, but uh, uh, so anyway, Cinelera uh, uh, is one to check out if you really want to dig into it. And you can do some really awesome. I mean, uh, help me out, uh, Scooby Doo. The movie Scooby-Doo, much of it was done using Cinelera. Uh, so that's a, that's really? a, that's a Hollywood movie done on an open source project. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Very neat. All of the compositing with the cartoon Scooby, uh, as I understand it, was done with an, an uh, the, the then current version of Cinelera. Okay. And so the next one that I want to talk about is called KDN, KDN Live. It's based on KDE, uh, but it also works on, on GNOME. Um, if you, if you're not a Linux user, you probably don't even know what I just said there between KDE and Live. Uh, this is a tool that is, uh, for Linux and Mac. It, it works on, uh, the newer OS 10, not the PowerPC Macs, but the new Intel based Macs. And it's a, uh, a multi-track video editor. It's, uh, has a paradigm similar to auto, audio editing where you line up your tracks in a storyboard framework and, and switch between them and overlay. It's got some really, uh, great, uh, features. Um, it's, it's very powerful, but still manages to be somewhat easy to use. It, it's intuitive. You can drop a kid down in front of it and he can produce something for, for, for you in, in an hour's time. Uh, so it's, uh, it's something that, that is accessible, but also has a great deal of power. Uh, so that's one that I think is probably my favorite of the bunch or, or close to it. I think OpenShot may be, may edge it out a little bit. Uh, but, uh, anyway, we'll talk about OpenShot here in a minute. So KDE, KDE and live, KDE and live, KDE. The letter N. N-L-I-V-E. L-I-V-E. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, wh- however that is pronounced, Katie, Kate N Live, I don't know. Uh, check that one out. It's a pretty good one. It's not great, uh, but it's pretty good. 
Yeah, I think uh, you, you pretty well describe it as you know something not for the professional, but not for the noob either. It's just right. kind of if you're uh, an, an advanced user, you probably are going to like that one a lot. Well, it's uh, it's more noob friendly. Uh, I would I would be okay with putting a noob down in front of that one. Yeah, uh, it's an older one. Uh, it's been around a while. I think it's still pretty much in active development. It's not one that has been ignored, but it's it's it has some legacy sort of cruft around it that you know it's been there for a while. Right. Uh, and the next one is is one that is is relatively new to me. Um, uh, it's it's in the Ubuntu repository, and I'm pretty sure it's it's what Ubuntu uses as their default. Like when you install uh, the 10.10 or up, it's their default video editor. It's called uh, PTV, P I T I V I. Okay. And there's actually a a little. Uh, audio file on the website where where they will tell you how to pronounce that, and so I know I'm pronouncing it right. I'm sorry, I'm I'm cutting you off here. Did my highlighting of the text just show up on your Google yeah, Doc? Yeah, that's crazy. That's, I didn't know it did. Real time Google Docs. Yeah. Okay, so is that new? Uh, it's been there for a while. Wow. Okay, so here's a, a learning moment caught caught in action. There, that is I've never knew that. So I highlighted some text, and that showed up on your version of the Google Doc. Right before I mean, not not highlighting, just selected, like, selected. Right, mm-hmm. right. Amazing. Okay. Right, I can see. You know, when you put your cursor down, I see where your cursor is. Yeah. Well, I knew that. I, I definitely knew that, but I didn't realize that if I just because uh, you know when we uh, work through our show notes, sometimes I'll actually physically highlight the right. text items so we know where we're going next. But uh, just to select it, it that's nice. Okay. That's all go. I have to say okay. about that. So t- <laughs> Thank you, Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, on to PTV. Uh, PTV is a much more simple, uh, much simpler, much simpler uh, utility. It It is sort of the Windows Movie Maker for Linux. Uh, and again, this is Linux, Unix, BSD. It's a very simple timeline sort of thing where you make a clip and then you move another clip in between it and you join clips. Uh, you can separate the audio and the video. And, and it has some relatively advanced uh, features, but it does at this point, it doesn't have any filters or effects or text overlay or anything like that. It can fade in, fade out, and crossfade, and that's it. Um, and when I was looking around on the website, the, one of the, the f- frequently asked questions was about that. And, and the developer basically said, there's an API there. There's a plug-in infrastructure. Shut up and write your own. I wow. Had, I added the shut up. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, basically his point was that uh, uh, the infrastructure is there. I'm working on the code. If you want filters, go write them. And that, again, is very common among open source. It is a very do-it-yourself sort of mentality. Well, and that's also why GIMP has so many different filters right. that you can that you can apply. So it's uh it's okay. I would give that you know like a a five on a scale of ten. It's okay, but right. it's not awesome. Um, and so the next one is called Lives L I V E S Lives Linux only. Uh, and this one has features just galore all over the place. Uh, it's really very powerful. Um. Very um, non-intuitive, at least not for me. It's not, again, it's not one of those that you can just kind of sit down at and understand immediately how it works. And it's more, one of the coolest things about it is it's geared toward live. So um, if you're a DJ, like a video DJ at a at a club or whatever, and you want to mix uh, different video tracks and cut back and forth between them and, and like scratch tracks, um, you can do that using video not just audio using the the lives tool uh again it's only for linux um 
It has lots of filters, lots of effects. You can do uh, multiple video tracks, multiple audio tracks. You can blend video with audio and audio with video and video with video and audio with audio. And it's just, it's, it's a really, uh, neat, uh, tool. But because it's more geared toward live, uh, some of the export functions, uh, aren't, aren't all that great. So the ability to make it into, you know, the, to, to fit, put your final work onto a DVD, uh, is, is sort of a more difficult, uh, process. But it's, it's definitely one to check out. Very full featured. It's a mature product, uh, project that's been around for a while uh, but it's just it's uh it's not awesome uh, but it's really good i would uh, again on my scale of 10 i'd put it at a seven and a half maybe an eight awesome and then when i skipped over here because you interrupted me with your whole are you yeah i was wondering if there. you were going to go back to that yeah, and i will and honestly this one could probably is probably worth skipping uh, a vidimux <laughs> yeah a v i d e m u x and i only mention this one because it is the most cross platform of all of them it's windows mac linux bsd um but it is a very basic editor um as far as i know there are no filters no uh um uh, effects no compositing you can't put a, a title over something you can't do scrolling credits all you can do is cut something and put it back together with something else uh very very basic but because you know since it's very basic it's also very simple uh anybody who's ever seen a movie could uh, could operate this thing you know i'm going to cut here i'm going to put this there and uh, and go with that yeah and that's uh i've actually used this one in the past and it was several years ago so I, you know i guess take that into account when i'm talking about it but uh it hasn't it, changed much yeah it was very very simple uh uh but again yeah for the right person it might be the right tool uh, or if you're dealing with maybe uh young enough kids you know trying to do their first video editing uh, might be a good tool not too overwhelming uh you know you don't give them as many options so uh, yeah it's worth mentioning there you go yeah i i would call it an elementary and maybe literally elementary as in, right. as in young children but also elementary is in its capacity uh tool uh again but uh one of the things it does pretty well is transcode you can take uh, uh an swf file and turn it into an avi file pretty effectively it's it's pretty good at that but there are other tools in my opinion that are better if that's all you want to do right and then the last one in our roundup and is this is my favorite again on my scale of 10 i'm going to put this one at 8.5 or 9 and it's uh it's still growing and that's open shot um again linux only uh uh it is a, a multi-track timeline based video editing it's got a simple interface very similar to some of the others that we've mentioned uh, uh very similar to movie maker if you've used movie maker you'll be comfortable with open shot um but it's very powerful. That simple interface belies a lot of really cool stuff once you start right-clicking and digging in the menus. Tons and tons of effects and transitions and 3D animated titles. I mean, not just text on the screen, but 3D animated text that flies around and, and zooms from one side to another and bounces back. Um, really impressive uh, compositing, uh, you know, to uh, multi-video layers, uh, some transparent, some translucent, you know, so the if, if you really want to do... Uh, uh, advanced sort of things, OpenShot has the power, but it's also simple enough to be used for just your everyday run-of-the-mill uh, sort of things. In fact, one of the things you can do 
It's very much like Photo Story for Windows, and I almost put Photo Story in here, but it's it's not really a video editor. It's sort right. of a video compositor. You take still pictures, and it does what we've come to call the Ken Burns effect and, and moves things around. Well, um, OpenShot will do that, too. You just throw some pictures at it and say, go, and it'll make you a very Photo Story-like um, thing, and you can add music to it. Uh, and then when you're done, you can edit, edit that video. Uh, so you, it can sort of create content for you and then allow you to edit it as you go. <clears throat> nice. It's a very, um, very powerful tool. And the one that I will be looking into as we talk about doing video for the podcast and, and, uh, uh, as we dig into that, um, even with all the, uh, the Windows options available and the, and the Mac options available that, uh, are high quality and high cost, I think OpenShot, um, matches them uh, in a lot of ways and in the ways that it doesn't, uh, it's good enough. Yeah, you know, uh, what strikes me about this list is, you know, how much we had to kind of lean towards uh, uh, Linux tools. You know, that when you're looking for something good and free on uh, Windows and Mac, uh, you know, in this arena, it, the list is is very short, almost non-existent, really. Right, yeah, well, it's... Uh um, there's a lot of low cost things like Pinnacle Studio, which is uh, fifty or seventy five dollars a, a suit, uh, a seat, and is pretty good. Uh, and there are other tools similar to that that might cost you fifty, sixty, seventy five, a hundred dollars, but for free, for just free, right? It's pretty much what the OS manufacturers give you. Uh, Windows Movie Maker and iMovie, and and then a couple of them like a Vidimux that uh, aren't very good. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's, there's, there's not a lot out there, um, uh, for, for just, for no cost in, at all. Uh, and, and I'm looking at this from the standpoint of, again, a classroom, right? Right. If you're doing, um, a class of, of video editing and you've got 25 computers and you're looking at something that costs a hundred dollars, $2,500, that's not insignificant. That's, that's a budget committee meeting. You know, $2,500 requires a line item and, and, uh, some attention to be given. Uh, yeah, whereas, that's, that's depending on the district, but. Right. Yeah, certainly. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know any classroom teacher who could just oh, right, write a check right. for $2,500. Yeah, absolutely. Know. Uh, so, so when you're looking for inexpensive or free, um, open source really shines in that situation. And, and Linux is where most of the open source development is. Yeah. So, uh, okay. it, it, well, it's, it's just nice to see that in the last few years, some really solid things have come up, whereas uh, it, that wasn't the case just a few years ago. Yeah, just five or six years ago, this list would have been a much smaller list. Yeah. All right. So Gadwill in chat room asked a good question. What are my top three editors from the ones I've described? I would say OpenShot, Lives, and KDE in Live. Uh, wait, let me reverse that order. OpenShot first, KDE in Live second, and, uh, um, Lives third. Uh, and then if you really are serious about it and want to dig in um, and want to really go all out, Cinelera. But it's not for the casual user, so I'm going to disinclude it from this list for that reason. Yeah, Cinelera is probably not even really appropriate in the educational environment. I mean, it takes too long to learn the tool than to really be able to do something with it. Well, I don't know. I I don't know about that. Uh, kids learn things 
pretty quickly when they're interested in it. Uh, they'll put thousands of hours into playing Call of Duty. Uh, so you well, know, that's, that's true, and we have told teachers that is don't worry about the software. I mean, you put them you put them on it, and the kids are going to go and learn it, and uh, and then you just work on uh, whatever the project is. Yeah, uh, and the comment was made that that OpenShot is still in its infancy. Yes, it is very new, uh, uh, very young, but but very good, and so it's. It, it can only get better, right? Things, um, in tech tend to get better with age and not worse. Uh, right. so I'm, I'm really excited about its future. Um, uh, the, the developer on his website, I, I'm, I'm not quoting, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I have a simple goal. I want to write the best video editor available, uh, uh, period. And lots of people have failed before me and I may fail at this one, but I'm going to give it a good try. And, uh, and, uh, it is, it is, a good try. It's a good start. It's a very good start. Um, and again, it's just my opinion of the ones on this list. I think it's the best that's available at no cost. Right. right. And so if you're not a, a, a Linux school and you don't know really what a Linux is and you want to get into one of these things, um, there are live CDs for almost all uh, the major versions of Linux, which is a CD that you put in your computer. It boots from it. It runs entirely in RAM. It doesn't do any... Um, modifications to the hard drive and so you can test this now you would not want to edit video in a live cd it would be slow and it would be painful because it's only running in ram and it doesn't have the full access to the hardware but it'll give you a chance to try it out uh or you can uh um set up as gadwill says in the in the chat room set up a vm again vms don't give you the access to the all the cores of your processor again video editing in a vm i would not recommend at all uh but but to test if the you software. just want to test it if you just right. want to look at it that would be fine but i would say that you know m- almost all linux distributions uh, the modern ones the mainstream ones make it really easy to uh dual boot It'll take your existing Windows partition, it'll shrink it down, move it out of the way, not mess with it, and install Linux alongside of it. So that's a good way to get the best of both worlds there. So you boot into Linux to do your video editing and then boot back into Windows for all the stuff that you're comfortable with. Right. Well, and uh, one added benefit there is if you are if you're booting to Linux and really that's all you're using that Linux partition for, uh, you're not going to have all the overhead of Windows running while you're trying to do your video editing as well. So you're going to get you uh, you're going to get a boost right uh, running it in Linux anyway. So it's certainly something to think about. The same hardware perf- may perform better. Right. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's our roundup of of. Video editing tools. Uh, we we would like to hear your input. If there's something that I missed and that you want to let us know about, uh, drop us a line at our at our website at uh, thetightwadtech.com. You can uh, or you can send us an email to podcast at thetightwadtech.com. But there's a there's a nice little contact us form right there on the side of the website if you want to go there. Or you could be cool like Gadwill is right now and uh, join us during the recording and uh, actually uh, interact with us during the show. That's true. And if you want your name mentioned repeatedly, like him and uh, and our friend Chris, who's there yeah. often, and, and Jason and Garrett, the the sort of regulars around there. Uh, again, again, if you're not watching us live, I'm sorry, Kevin. You're not as cool as they are. Yes, and yes. we know Kevin will listen to this. Kevin, yeah, in <laughs> April, right? <laughs> and so, uh, so that I'm just going to leave that round up there. Uh, again, if there's more out there, I want to know about it. Uh, so let me know and, and we may do an update and say, Hey, the, the listeners pointed us at this thing and it's really good. Uh, or if you just want to heap praise upon me for my stellar performance in rounding us, seeking out and rounding up these great tools, well, I'll let you do that too. Yeah.
we're we're uh, almost getting ahead of ourselves. We still have uh uh well, yeah, tips I, of the but, week. Yeah, I'm just yeah. doing the plug for yeah. how you can let us know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Easy. Get get a hold of us Easy. anytime. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Um uh, Sean wanted to well, move in there. He's chomping at the bit there. He must have a yes. date he wants to get yes. to or or some pain meds he wants to yeah, get to. Yeah, actually I do have to pick up something and the pharmacy closes oh, at six. There so. You go. so all right. So I'm going to uh uh move right into the tech tip of the week. And uh, my tech tip of the week this week is called Screen Stream, and it's a, a fairly long uh, URL, again, that will be in our show notes. It's uh, available at nchsoftware.com. And Screen Stream is one of the easiest screen sharing utilities that's that I found that isn't web-based. There are some really good ones out there. One that I just found this week uh, through uh, uh, Twitter I don't remember who it was who posted it. It was join.me, which is a pretty good one. Uh, join.me, uh, flash-based, really like two clicks and you're there. But, uh, ScreenStream, um, is, uh, a tool that you download, uh, on your computer, the computer that you want to share the screen on. And then, uh, you invite others to come watch your screen just by visiting a URL that, that they give you. It, it's, it's really simple and it's free. Um, I was looking at a number of options a while back for screen sharing for, for the purpose of this podcast for capturing the Skype and all that. And it was one of the ones I came across and I thought was uh, pretty good. It's, it's very simple and it doesn't cost anything. So there you go. Screen stream from NCH software. Very nice, very nice. All right, uh, well, well, then I'll move in here with the teacher tip of the week. And the teacher tip is going to be ACD slash ChemSketch Freeware. Okay, and they, they reference it that way everywhere. So, uh, but, uh, what this is, is a free software sketch utility to draw, uh, chemical models. Uh, so if you're a, a chemistry teacher, you're going to be all over this. It's, uh, pretty cool. And, uh, my understanding, amazingly full featured, uh, and free, which is very nice. Um, uh, you, and, it, one thing I wanted to say, uh, it, it comes from acdlabs.com. And if you're a chemistry teacher out there or maybe even a chemistry student, uh, you may want to check this site out. Uh, very, uh, very neat. They've got a repository of downloadable, like chemistry posters that you might put up in class. Um, but, uh, not only that, uh, articles, uh, presentations and, uh, just all kinds of stuff that revolves around, uh, that arena. So, uh, if you're into chemistry, uh, uh, definitely need to check it out. This uh, this freeware software uh, is pretty awesome, and uh, you can you know draw up all your little chemical models and have a blast. I don't know. That's not anything that would be a blast for me, <laughs> quite <laughs> yeah, honestly. That, that sounds like migraine inducement to me. <laughs> right, right. But uh, you know, it, it's kind of like it uh, looks. Uh, the, the interface kind of looks like uh, I'm trying to think maybe paint. But okay. with a lot more options. So it's a simple interface. It's a very simple interface, but there's a lot of options there and very powerful. It is 3D modeling. So, so what do you uh, pick? Like your molecule, you pick sugar and it has the molecule. Right. Or you can, or you can do the individual components and kind of build your own. Okay. Uh, so very neat. Um, you know, so if you're into that kind of thing, great. Uh, I would never do it. <laughs> quite honestly so uh so uh i'll just throw that out there but that's uh acd chem sketch freeware so for your physical and life science teachers out there 
that's going to be for you. Absolutely. All right. And so that's our, our two tips of the week. Uh, I wanted to mention one other way that you could get a hold of us that we mentioned uh, in our last episode, and that's that we have a Google Voice number uh, that you can contact us and leave us a voicemail. We'd be interested to hear what you have to say, and we'll play it in the show. And that number is 530-FRUGAL2. Love it. So if you're a cheapskate, (laughs) if you are frugal too, then uh, that's the number, 530-F-R-U-G-A-L-2. And no, I'm not going to tell you what those numbers are because I worked too hard to find a word so you wouldn't have to know the numbers. (laughs) So 530-FRUGAL2. Yeah, and that's what, remember, when we set this up and I was looking at my BlackBerry and trying to do that, right? Because you think, well, go to the phone and look, and you, you can't do it on a BlackBerry. So right. uh, so then we had to look at your desktop phone to figure it out. Interesting note about a BlackBerry, just to throw this out there. If you hold the Alt key and the letter, it'll dial the number that goes with it. So if the number is 1-800-ABCDEFG, you hold Alt really? and A, and it'll dial the 2. Really? Yes. I did not know that. There free free tip of the week right there. There you go. For BlackBerry yeah. users only. Yeah. Very nice. Hmm. Yeah, that's I'll never remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh so let's uh let's get out of here, man. Uh, this this has been a good show. All right. Turn on. Well, thank yeah. you for joining us. And yeah. as always, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and uh, you can do that on our website at thetightwadtech.com, uh, on our Facebook or Twitter streams at twitter.com slash thetightwadtech or facebook.com slash thetightwadtech. Uh, join us there. Let us know uh, how we're doing, and uh, we will... Uh, Respond to you as best we can. Right. Uh, we, and there's always email podcast at the Uh, we do not always respond to your emails directly because sometimes there's too many of them, but we do read every one of them. So there you go. Absolutely. All right. Great show. All right. So, uh, thank you. And, uh, until the next time, this is Mark signing off and Sean signing off. <laughs>